This is The Space Shot, episode 173 for November 3rd, 2017. Sputnik 2, Explorer 8, Mariner 10, and a shuttle launch. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Molnix. I've got four missions I want to talk about today, ranging from the launch of Laika, the first dog in space in 1957, to the Shuttle Atlantis mission in 1994. The 37 years that passed between Laika and Atlantis's flight saw humans walk on the moon, and robotic explorers like Voyager 2 reach all the way out to Neptune. As much as people want giant leaps for space exploration, there's something to be said about consistent small steps over decades. Think about that as we talk about the missions in today's episode. On November 3, 1957, Sputnik 2 launched into orbit, carrying a special passenger in another first for the Soviet Union. The passenger on this flight was Laika, a cute little mutt that the Soviets had selected for this flight. This was the first time that an animal had been launched into Earth orbit. Like Sputnik 1, Sputnik 2 didn't carry a wide array of science instruments, which limited the scientific usefulness of this flight. Sadly, the flight didn't end well for Laika. The spacecraft wasn't designed to re-enter Earth's atmosphere, so Laika was launched on a doomed mission. Further complicating her flight was the failure of the thermal control system on the spacecraft. Estimates of how long she survived range from a few hours to one or two days. Months later, Sputnik 2 re-entered Earth's atmosphere, the satellite and its only passenger burning up upon re-entry. If you'd like to know more about the mission that directly preceded Sputnik 2, check out my interview with Michael J. Listener about Sputnik and space law back in episode 143. Also, if you're in Kansas, or are going to be driving through Kansas, check out Like a Day at the Cosmosphere. The Cosmosphere also has a Coffee at the Cosmo about Laika the Wonder Dog. Those events are on November 16th and 18th, and I'll link to them in the show notes. Three years later, the United States launched Explorer 8 in 1960. It was a small satellite compared with Sputnik 2, but Explorer 8 wasn't meant to carry a passenger. Instead, this satellite was packed with instrumentation, allowing scientists to gather information for 54 days, which was the life of the battery packs that had been packed into this 90-pound spacecraft. It studied the ionosphere and micrometeorites, among a few other things. Now let's move forward 13 years to the launch of Mariner 10. Mariner 10 is notable because it's the first spacecraft to use a gravity assist to move from one planet to another. This technique is used on missions that are sent into the outer solar system because this maneuver changes the relative velocity and trajectory of a spacecraft, allowing it to reach destinations much faster than a direct flight. After launching on November 3, 1973, the Mariner 10 spacecraft was sent towards Venus, where it performed a flyby of that planet so it could be sent on a trajectory towards Mercury. Mariner 10's flyby of Venus meant that it was the first spacecraft to visit two planets, which was another significant first. Experience with gravity assist maneuvers was critical for the Voyager missions, which were going to be following later in the 1970s. 
Mariner 10 returned essential data during its gravity assist at Venus, showing the first close-up images of that planet. The spacecraft experienced computer glitches during its flight, but thankfully these were overcome and the science objectives were completed. Mariner 10 arrived at Mercury for the first time in March of 1974, and the spacecraft encountered the planet two more times, ultimately ending its mission in 1975. The last mission I want to talk about today is STS-66, a Space Shuttle Atlantis flight that launched on November 3, 1994. Over a nearly 11-day-long mission, the crew of six astronauts worked in two shifts to perform around-the-clock experiments. The Atlas III, or Atmospheric Laboratory for Applications and Science, flew on Atlantis, and it studied, you guessed it, Earth's atmosphere. During this mission, Atlantis deployed a science payload that flew alongside the shuttle between 24 and 44 miles out for a little over a week. During the rendezvous with this payload, Atlantis performed a different type of approach, one which was later used for the shuttle Mir flights and shuttle missions to the International Space Station. This mission was successful and concluded with the crew landing at Edwards Air Force Base due to some storms in Florida. Even though the shuttles didn't fly as often as had been hoped or promised, they did provide a relatively frequent way for humans to get into space. Small steps working towards a longer-term goal. A pretty good legacy to leave behind, if you ask me. Since you're here, why don't you let me know what you think of the podcast by leaving a review on iTunes. It takes just a minute to do that, and it makes a huge difference because it helps even more people find the show. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot or click the link in the show notes. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.